KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. October is Fire Prevention Month, and last week was actually Fire Prevention Week. So we thought it would be a good time to talk about how firefighters are dealing with life in a pandemic and also get some important fire prevention tips. So we checked in with Tom Kane. He is a trustee, Local 22, Philadelphia Firefighters and Paramedics Union. And we kind of talk about all aspects of what firefighters are dealing with these days. Give a listen. So this has been a a surreal last few months for all of us here during the midst of the pandemic. Uh, How has life changed for you and firefighters and and rescue responders here uh, during the pandemic? How is uh, life tangibly different? Well, um, I have been on the fire department for 20, close to 29 years now. And uh, I got promoted to chief. My first field assignment was back in March just in time for this pandemic to kick off. Fortunately, I, I was uh, sent to a place where uh, it's all friends, so guys I'd worked with previously. So it wasn't, I didn't have to establish relationships, uh, but I did have to deal with uh, this as, as everyone else did as well. So dealing with a normal situation, uh, there's a lot of things that go involved with running a firehouse and a battalion, but uh, this added so many new ones. Uh, I do have to credit the fire department and all the members, all our members of Local 22, uh, to the fine job they've done uh, in reacting to it. But it is, it's so much different because we, well, we've learned a lot in the last uh, eight months now, seven, seven and a half months uh, since the pandemic kicked off, but we're still learning a lot more. There's so much that we don't know. Initially, when it kicked off, we're thinking it was their, their virus, you know, the, you know where, where it originated throughout the world, and all of a sudden, then it hit home. So we had the issues that we had to deal with making sure when we're, um, we're wearing the proper masks, when we're out dealing with people, certain types of call, medical calls, they're the ones that really uh, are where it hits home, where you really have to be careful. When you're dealing with a patient with respiratory issues, that's where uh, the virus can be spread. So a lot of precautions, a lot of separate uh, personal protective equipment or PPE had to be issued uh, that we didn't normally carry. Or if we did, we had very small amounts of it, uh, such as the M95 mask. Uh, and, and also gowns when you're dealing with this stuff, um, you know, with, with patients who have uh, COVID or is, is suspected to have COVID, you have to gown up. You have to do a lot of protection on yourself and your uh, your team to make sure that we don't get it. Um, so so anytime on a medical call and we're dealing with that or, or a code, if you're doing CPR on somebody, that type of activity is going to enhance um, spread of, of the virus. So there definitely precautions had to be taken for that. So it really shined everything we knew what to do. We had to change. We had to, uh, instead of starting from, uh, you know, step one to 10, we had to go back three steps. So before we even do step one, we have to do so many steps to be ready for that. Now that's just on the EMS side. When you talk about the fire side, and this is where it gets sneaky because we we go in things and, and on different runs for different reasons, and we're thinking uh, whether it be an alarm system, whether it be a, a fire situation or, or whatever type, and we're thinking, and I don't want to say we get tunnel vision, but we do kind of lock in on the reason we're called for and, if, and that what's facing us at that moment. But what we don't sometimes think of is all the people that are around us and are around the scene may be contagious. And, and that's a secondary thing that we're not thinking of because uh, we're uh, the building's on fire. We're going to make sure we put the fire out. 
But what we have to be careful of is the people who are in the, you know, in addition to addressing the uh, any possible victims or residents who were home at the fire and the bystanders that gather around and then the people, other people that everybody comes to look at the fire. How many of those people are COVID positive? And do we have we have to make sure we maintain our our distance and separation from those and keep that mindset that this is everywhere. We have to be careful of it in everything we do. How is your PPE situation? How has it been? Have you been able to to get what you need for the most part? Has it ebb and flowed depending upon uh, where we are in the pandemic? Uh, and where are you now? Well, we've been fortunate. Um, Commissioner Teal's been, he's done a great job stockpiling uh, as much as he can get his hands on. And our supplies have been uh, adequate, uh, more more than adequate. We've had uh, We've had what we needed. He, we also uh, developed the, the members who were in the medic units have, in addition to their SCBA mask, which we wear for fires, there's an attachment, we can, a filter that we can put in there that is M95. Actually, it's greater than M95 capable, and uh, it would protect them if, if we don't have the masks themselves. We put this on uh, with our SCBA mask, and that would protect us as well. So we've been, we've been pretty good in that regard, uh, and that's for uh, you know it, our cooperation with, with local 20. Local 22 with the fire department um, has been a great, great team, great operation, and uh, supplies are not uh, a major issue. Kind of going back to what you said before, from the rescue side, do you have to assume every call is a COVID possibility? Is it just easier to work from that and go backwards? Well, uh, that's we usually call universal precautions. Whenever before COVID, pre-COVID, when uh, back, way back when I was in EMT school back in 1990, whatever, the, the first thing they teach is universal precaution, and it was seen safe, gloves on. You know, you had seen safe, gloves on, and that was because you want to assume that any, everybody has something. So if you go in with that um, mindset, you won't be surprised when somebody does. Problem is, different things require different levels of PPE. So if, if, if you deal with somebody who has it and you have your mask on, they have their mask on uh, and, and they're not dealing with severe, you're not treating in a, in a respiratory situation, you know, you, you don't need all the super stuff. But if, once you start getting into certain levels of treatment, you need everything. And again, I, I don't deal so much with the EMS side of it. However, so if I'm misspeaking in any way and anybody says, oh, that's wrong, well, I'll defer to the better, better choice of an EMS provider. But uh, when we're dealing with somebody who we assume, as long as we keep our distance and have our, you know, basic uh, PPE on, we should be okay. But again, you don't want to you know, give somebody a big hug and you know that you're meeting or, or not wear your mask in, in a situation where you're not familiar with, and where you know that you should be caution. Better to err on the side of caution in that regard. From the fire side, are you guys noticing an increase in calls because people are home more? Uh, is there a are you noticing a, a shift in the types of calls you're getting? Uh, is there any kind of a trend or anything that you have realized here in the midst of this pandemic? Um, initially, building fires were up. Uh, during the uh, the riots, uh, late May, early June, we had uh, fires were uh, way up. Um, that's settled down a whole lot. People are home now, but even... As, as we go into, you know, the colder season now, even though people were home, they weren't home. They were outside in their yards or, or uh, you know, out, out on the streets because the weather provided for it. But as we get into this type of, you know, the falls, fall and winter, people are going to be inside a lot more now, too. Um, we, we were kind of blessed with weather this summer, too. It was, well, it was a little hot in July, but, you know, 
August was pretty temperate, moderate. So everybody's kind of outside. But now, yeah, everybody's going to be back in. And there's basic things that we tell everybody every year. October's Fire Prevention Month. So uh, as a department, I was a chief of fire prevention for a, a couple of years. And, uh, you know, this was our busy time of the year. We had Fire Prevention Week. We did things with SEPTA. Uh, all, all kinds of activities going on. And uh, because we know that people, we want to give people the information going forward so they can help uh, make it safer for themselves. And, and along with that, I know, I mean, I remember growing up, you always looked forward to fire prevention week in school because cool stuff would happen. Firefighters would come in, you'd see the trucks and stuff like that. So given our current situation, I'm sure that has been severely reduced, if not eliminated in, in some places. But I'm sure the, the overall message is the same, but are there things, given our current situation, you really want to stress to people to, from a fire prevention standpoint they should really take care, take take notice of, uh, work on? Absolutely. And, and you're, you're so right. Um, fire prevention um, the, you know, division in, in a fire department was going out every day. If, you, if you're a city resident, you call 311, uh, you put, put in a request for smoke alarms, They'd be they'd be out there in a short period of time and have them installed in your home, but then that kind of that was uh, put on hold during the COVID during the COVID initial stages of the COVID. However, I believe if we're not actually back yet, we will be shortly. So uh, if if there is anybody out there who needs smoke alarms within the city res, you know city uh, boundaries, give call three one one and uh, let them know that you need smoke alarms. And through the fire prevention division, somebody will be out shortly. Now, to, to, to go on about what you were saying, the safety tips, um, smoke alarms, smoke alarms, smoke. What are the three most important things? Smoke alarms, smoke alarms, smoke alarms. Um, it's very rare that we actually, um, you know, have a, a victim, a fatality in a building that has smoke alarms, active working smoke alarms. Anything that the city puts up now, anything that we, uh, the fire department, the members put up is 10-year uh, batteries. So we don't have chirping batteries. And if they chirp, Throw them away, get new ones. Call 311, get new ones again. Make sure that your home has smoke alarms. One smoke alarm per level at least. I recommend putting one on every level plus one in each bedroom. Now, you don't want to put it next to your heater in a basement. You don't want to put one in a kitchen right next to your stove because they're going to be going off uh, needlessly. Even though now they have, they have uh, snooze buttons on them, some of them. But you don't want to do that. You want to put them where you're going to need them. One on each level and... If you can, one in every bedroom, too. Um, it is the most important thing you can do to save lives in, in a fire situation. Uh, another thing, I have a few things here just to recommend for this type of season. Carbon monoxide is a killer, too. Carbon monoxide is odorless. Uh, you, you can't see it. And it is a deadly killer. There are examples of where carbon monoxide, that pers I have personal examples that I've, incidents I've been on where one smoke alarm in one apartment in an apartment building saved the lives of everyone in the building. Uh, it was a situation where they were digging, uh, no, it was a Pico underground transformer that was burning in the street. It wasn't even like uh, next to the, to the building, but the, the, the smoke from the fire had got its way into the basement and up through the building. Once one resident had a CO alarm, we evacuated the building. And it, cause with the peak of the fires out in the street, that's not even, you know, concerning us as far as the property. Um, but because of that alarm, we got a fumes response out. We're working with PGW and, uh, and the firefighters, and we were able to determine, oh, critical high levels of CO. And uh, we were able to evacuate all because one uh, unit had, had a CO alarm. Uh, 
So it doesn't have to be your emergency. If you keep your house in tip top shape, it doesn't matter if your neighbor may not because the CO can come from his set house to yours. And it's not like a fire that you can see, smell and practically taste. CO will sneak up on you and it'll kill you. You won't even know what's going on. So carbon monoxide detectors are, are a lifesaver. I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. I recommend it highly. As we go forward to, uh, you know, as it gets colder, people might not want to put their heat on right away. They might use space heaters. Um, I know what we do at my house, but you want to be safe with it. You want to make sure um, you don't you, you don't put them in an extension cord. You make sure they're plugged directly into the wall and you want to leave at least three, three feet of space around a space heater. Uh, you don't want to have anything close to it that can catch fire. So you want to make sure you're safe in that regard as well. And, and I mentioned extension cords. Electrical cords, um, while they're very convenient and handy, if they're not proper, if they're not good extension cords, if you go to the dollar store and buy them, you get what you pay for. So you want to make sure you have a good, safe extension cord, and you don't want to overload it, as well as your outlets, too. You don't want to put a bunch of stuff in an outlet because that, that's uh, dangerous and can cause a fire as well. In in city of Philadelphia, throughout the last, i say, four to five years, I think the top uh, cause of fire is uh, electrical or cooking. So moving on to cooking, and we do that all year. We cook outside a little bit more uh, in the summer season, the warm months. But as we go uh, cooking now uh, and the holiday season's coming up, I recommend everybody clean your oven, clean your stove. Thanksgiving was always one of the busiest days because kitchen fires for people that never cleaned their oven. All of a sudden now they're cooking big turkeys and stuff and a lot of kitchen fires. But do that anyway. Do that now so you don't have to wait till Thanksgiving. But um, and um, stoves, stovetop fires, very dangerous if you leave your stove unattended. Never leave your stove unattended. That's uh, so many times we see that. Uh, sometimes people people would fall asleep uh, late at night. Uh, they come home and they want to have some a snack or something. They cook. They fall asleep. Next thing you know, we're out there and uh, addressing. Hopefully, we got it before it extended. But a lot of times, people do that and uh, unnecessary. If you're standing there, if you if you got your stove on, stand there and uh, and pay attention to it. Make sure don't leave it unattended. Loose clothing too. Uh, make sure if you're standing by a stove, you don't have long flowy sleeves that can catch fire as you're leaning over the stove. Um, handles handles turned away. You want little things like this that really make a difference. Even if it didn't kill you or burn your house down, it could save you a lot of pain and suffering if your sleeves catch fire because it's, it, burn fires are the worst the worst pain one of the worst pains you could have. So uh, we recommend people use these safety tips and, and avoid having that happen. Is there a concern as we look towards the winter? And I think there's a lot of people that talk about a second wave of COVID plus we're going to have flu. I mean, that there's a possibility we could have more restrictions on how many people can be in gatherings inside. Do you guys have concerns? Are you starting to game out that you might have these, for lack of a better term, these rogue gatherings where you have a lot of people in a small space and it could, it could lead to problems that, we wouldn't have under normal circumstances just because you got people maybe trying to low key it and stuff like that. Yeah. This is one of the things, again, this is our, this is our first pandemic, you know, <laughs> it's our second wave, but we're still trying to get, uh, get through it. We're, we're going to come up uh, in front of a lot of things that we haven't, haven't faced before this one. We kind of did uh, a little bit, but we're, we're knowing a little bit better, more about it at this time than we did when it first came out. But yeah, people are going to have their, they're going to have their little events and they're going to try and sneak things. Uh, it's human nature. You know, uh, people for so long, people want to do a lot of things that we aren't able to do right now. And people are going to push the envelope. Um, some people think it's, it's, 
you know, that's there's people thinking it's still a hoax or thinking it's not that serious or, oh, just, you know, they're going to downplay it in whatever way. And I'm not judging that, but it's just human nature that that's going to happen. So what we do, uh, we're going to respond as, as we do. We, you know, the lights and bells come on. We, we see what the assignment is. We go on it as fire department. Um, we try and train ourselves uh, to the best level uh, that we can handle any situation we face. Sometimes we're going to come across things we've never faced before. Uh, crowds in this particular situation, if we're wearing our masks and we see that, hey, this is a big, we should uh, take extra precaution, we will. And we're going to do, uh, do what we have have to do and use the equipment that we have to do it. So uh, as it comes, we'll deal with it. And kind of going along with that, do you guys kind of throw, like, because this is so unprecedented and we're kind of learning day by day, are there a lot of discussions kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of war game and what you guys might face, you know, come the winter when uh, you kind of combine all these things that are kind of coming together? Yeah. Uh, one of the things, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a little bit of fire, firehouse lore, the kitchen table is um, it's not just a place to eat. It's a place to where we gather, like a good family kitchens where people, people gather and firehouses like that as well. So a good firehouse will be sitting at the table talking about all this stuff. Um, what do we do when this happens? What, what should we think? So a lot of times you're just, you know, you could say you, you can go from, again, this 10 step program, or you could just say, keep this in mind when this happens. Don't be afraid to think and don't be afraid to speak either. If you see something, say something. Um, even if you're the newest guy, or if you're the oldest guy, you know, I, I can't see everything. I need you guys out there to look, you know, open, keep your eyes and ears open. We've been fortunate in the last few winters that we haven't had extreme weather. This being 2020, I predict uh, 500 inches of snow, and it's going to be a, a real disaster. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, it, it, you know, just the way this year has gone, why not? You know, why not have a whole lot of bad weather? But I think we went through the alphabet already in hurricanes, right? <laughs> I don't remember that happening any time recent. So, uh, but that's something that we're just going to have to take as we face it. Again, you could be in, in a firehouse, you could be sitting there, you know, in normal times, and not have a run for so long, and then all of a sudden you come up with a you know a forlorn fire, and you're the first one there. So you know again, we try to train for everything. We try to be ready for it. So when when these things happen, you know we face them with uh, you know as best we can. And again, the city the city and the department has done a great job uh, supplying us with what we need. And you know the training goes on. The officers do a great job uh, making sure that their guys are ready. Guys and ladies, I don't mean to discriminate or anything, and that includes our uh, our firefighters, our paramedics, our EMTs. Um, everybody goes out there every day to do the best job, and you know we, we try. We I think we succeed pretty well. How are you doing? This is kind of a multi pronged question from a personnel standpoint. Have there been problems with people getting sick or people that have pre existing conditions that are concerned about uh, from, from the firefighter ranks? And as far as bringing new people in. Uh, are you seeing a surge because people want to help or has it been a little bit more of a struggle as much as, as you're involved in that? What are you seeing on either side? Well, um, within the fire department itself, some of the things that we're doing, uh, obviously if somebody, um, if somebody presents symptoms and is tested positive, there are certain protocols that we have to follow as far as isolating and uh, quarantining. So these things are being done and we've been pretty fortunate. I don't think it's been, uh, it's on a massive scale, absolutely not. The incidents that occur are being dealt with and uh, dealt with appropriately too by the infection 
control officer who when the infection control officer for years was the job when, you know, somebody got bed bugs or some crazy little thing like that. And now all of a sudden she's dealing with this massive uh, pandemic and she's doing a fantastic job. Uh, so I want to credit her for that based with this. Again, this is first time for everybody. And she's, she's doing a good job. But um, as far as the fire department goes, as far as uh, recruiting, it's we always have a high demand for people to come on the job, and that hasn't changed at all. So we've talked a lot about logistics. We've talked a lot about personnel. From the people you work with, how are how's everybody dealing mentally, emotionally? Like, this has been a lot, like the pandemic, and then we've had other things put on top of the pandemic. You know, for the most part, how is are are people dealing, and how are they dealing? Like, what uh, you know, how are you guys kind of leaning on each other, stuff like that? Well, just just like everybody else, this is so much stress here uh, with this going on. It uh, just to you know let you know, I, I work with uh, the peer support team in uh, for the local twenty two and the Philadelphia Fire Department. Um, I'm, I'm one of the, co- the co-founders. And what we do is we have peers out there. It's kind of like an employee assistance program, but from the union standpoint, where we'll go out and help our members. And, um, you know, we're out there, we're a service. We also, within our union, we have a separate EAP. The department has an EAP. We have one with the union, uh, mental health consultants. And um, we have our bases covered, but a lot of times uh, we try and be out there as much as we can as a, uh, you know, hey, we're here, make sure you use us. But we, um, you know, it's sometimes it's up for people either let us know that somebody has an issue, which we get, or for uh, them to call call us themselves. So um, it's it's one of those things. Just to, to let you know, too, we have complete support through the department. Uh, Commissioner Teal attends meetings with us. We call it the umbrella meeting, umbrella of services, member services with the EAP, the employee relations officer, our health plan and uh, peer support and among other uh, people who attend a chaplain program. And we try and be out there, um, as the commissioner says, we want to have multiple doors for people to walk in if they need help. And we've done that. And we've done that with complete support, again, from both Local 22 leadership uh, and the executive board and the uh, fire department. So we're out there. And you go out through everybody in the world right now, or let's stay local, everybody in this area is dealing with so many things right now. Um, schools being closed and all this comes down. And uh, we want to make sure too, that when a, when a firefighter has got to do something uh, at a fire ground, that they're capable of doing it, that the mental side of it isn't, isn't taking them out of focus what they need to do to do their job. So we, excuse me, we try and present as many options to help uh, our members as well. And uh, given this unique uh, situation we all face. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 